the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. You know, there's always two sides of a coin. For every benefit of technology, there is another side. There's a dark side. There's a dark side. Take social media and the internet. Before that existed, journalists had a stranglehold on the mass flow of information and opinion. If you wanted to have a voice, you had to go through your local newspaper, your local news, cable news, national publications like the New York Times. Your voice really, the only place your voice could be heard in the past was on talk radio. But social media has changed all of that. And now you've got a hot take or, you know, maybe you just saw some breaking news and you can instantly publish and blast that information out into the entire world. Good. Except there's a flip side to that coin. Let's say you work at a a news outlet supposed to be impartial. Well, anything you've ever blasted out on the interwebs is instantly available to check your impartiality or your uh, your non-biased bona fides. Let me give you an example. New York Times. Emily Bazelon. July 9th, she tweeted, quote, as a Yale school, as a Yale Law School graduate and a lecturer, I strongly disassociate myself from tonight's praise of Brett Kavanaugh. With respect, he's a fifth vote on the hard right turn on voting rights and so much more that will harm the democratic process and prevent a more equal society. Okay, so in July, she came out and she let everybody know I'm against him. I think he's dangerous. Now, that was just three months ago. She exercised her ability, as we all do, to to share with the world what our opinions are. And then yesterday, she shared with the world her independent, her independent viewpoint. Emily exercised the uh, other platform she has, the New York Times, with a holy crap bombshell on Brett Kavanaugh. And I hope you're buckled in for this, or it's just sincerely. The allegations are horrifying. You'd ask yourself, what could be worse than attempted rape, Glenn? Well, gang rape. Yeah, but what could be worse than gang rape? Well, here we go. Emily in the New York Times reported that in September of 1985... Brett Kavanaugh <sighs> threw a glass of ice at somebody. Yes, yes, I'm sorry if this is a triggering event for you. If you're all of a sudden like, you remember somebody coming at you, Jack Frost, trying to stab you with the icicles. I, I get it, I get it. I'm sorry I had to bring this up. The New York Times is reporting on ice throwing. Now, I heard this story originally from the New York Times. I listened to a podcast, The Daily, which I don't recommend. I listened to it so you don't have to. Um, but I listened to it this morning. And, and, and in that report, and, you know, he went to jail. And I thought, he went to jail? You'd think that would have come up. No, he didn't go to jail. There were no arrests made. The charges were not filed. Nothing Neither of those things happen. Police were called because they got into a fight and uh, the police said, "Okay, all right, all right, knock it off. Go home. Well, we can't have somebody like that on the Supreme Court, can we? 
when he was hang on when he was in college he was in a bar and some guy said something to him and he threw ice on him and the police were called and the police said hey knock it off go home i mean what kind of madman what kind of jack the ripper are we putting on the supreme court thank you new york's new york times this story does not live up to the even the editorial standards of the New York Times. Someone threw ice in 1985. Really? God forbid you ever go to Philadelphia. Now, Emily, the writer of this story, her tweets make it obvious that she's opinionated against Brett Kavanaugh. So now the New York Times has been caught publishing a supposed journalist being an activist. And this is not a mistake. How did this story get through the editorial staff? Well, easy. I believe they're probably activists as well. They're activists, and this just goes to show his temperament. (laughs) He might, you know, somebody might come in and say, hey, I'm fighting for abortion in the court, and he might just take a glass of ice and, and throw it at that person. Get used to it, America. We have a full week of this as we get closer to the vote. The ridiculousness escalates to a full-on clown show, mm, probably by this afternoon. Now, a clown show in the media, leading up to a circus in the Senate. You know what? I guess nothing has changed. But this time, can I at least get some cotton candy? It's Tuesday, October 2nd. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. So, Stu. I'm a little disturbed, but all right. I know, I know. Uh, the uh, the goalposts. Man, they just, they just keep moving them. <laughs> I mean, they must be tired, don't you think? It's well, they're heavy. The, the goalposts are getting heavier and heavier, and heavier, and heavier. because there's a lot. If the farther you move them, the harder it is to justify. Uh, it's it. This is incredible. Um, though I am very disturbed, of course, by these new allegations against Brad, Brett Kavanaugh that he f- threw frozen water at someone. Frozen water, first of all, uh, can be sharp. <sighs> it can be heavy. Um, you know what? It, people are like, "Oh, that's not a big deal." So what? He threw ice. Frozen water can't be dangerous. Tell that to the people of Peru. Where 22,000 people were killed in an avalanche in 1970. <sighs> Tell it to those people. Tell it to those families. See, this is why he's not on the Supreme Court. Look at, look at his temperament. You don't have the temperament to be anywhere near that microphone, Mr. Brigier. I do have the, uh, the temperament to be on the Avenatti uh, uh, team, however. Oh, lawyers. yeah, of course you do. I can jump right into that role. Oh, yeah, dead dogs have that. I, they spent, Glenn, 15 minutes on this bar fight on CNN this morning. 15 minutes where they talked about how, look, it's it's certainly on its own. This is their fairness. On its own, it would not be disqualifying. Oh, really? A, a bar fight in which he's not charged or arrested with anything, and his the accusation is he threw ice on someone, wouldn't disqualify him 40 years later for the Supreme Court? Thanks for all the wonderful uh, the room you're giving him. What leeway? But here is a situation where they're just like, well, but it, what it does say, Glenn. 
What it does say is that it plays into a larger picture of this man. He was in his anger when he was drinking, and this shows that he's capable of doing these things. So if he I've never seen anyone reach further. I know. If he would have come on and he would not have been angry, I would have thought something was up. Because nobody does that to me, my family. Nobody, nobody is going to make those charges and smear my name without me at least responding forcefully. And, and if you don't like the anger, I want you to hear me clearly. I did not have sexual <laughs> relations with that Same woman. thing. Oh, yeah. He looked and they praised him for being angry about it. They praised him for his forcefulness. You could tell the president was angry. He wants to get back to the business of the of the American people. So no matter what he did, it would have been a problem. They keep moving the goalposts. Now, here is here is my plea to Donald Trump. First of all, I don't believe any other president in my lifetime, with an exception of Reagan, and I'm not even sure Reagan would have done it. No other president in my lifetime would have stuck uh, stuck with Kavanaugh all the way through those hearings. There's no way they would have said the cost is too high. They just wouldn't have done it. So, A, points for Donald Trump for having a spine and going, this is garbage. B. We're in this situation now, and if there is nothing, if there's ice fights, don't give up the ship. Do not move. Because if you move now, they are going to do this Every single time. And you cannot, cannot give any ground. With that being said, and I don't think this is a chance at all. If Ford, if those, those charges turn out to be right, you notice, you notice the media is not furthering the Ford testimony. They're no longer on that. Yeah. Nobody like it's, she's been abandoned already. Right. She's done. She's done. She served her purpose. She bought time. They used her as a pivot to something new. Okay? So they're, they're not, there's nothing new there. There's nothing new. Or the press would be saying, well, you, you watch what's going to come out in this FBI. They're, they're not saying that. They're not. Nobody has come out and said, you know what? I was so offended by how forceful he was. And I wasn't going to say anything. But I know that that happened. None of that is happening. What is happening is people are saying, you know, I was for him and I wasn't going to say anything. But in, you know, as soon as he started to say he was he was an altar boy. I remember him drinking. So that's what's coming now. And they're going to go after perjury. You watch that's by the end of the week. That's what they'll be talking about. If Donald Trump, please Please, Donald Trump, the only chance you have and the only chance the Republicans have, if this thing goes awry in any way, 
you have to have a plan and announce it in the same press conference that you say, you know, he he you know quit or the vote went down. Vote went down and forty eight burned down. Whatever right. it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, that press conference you must say. And here's my next nominee, and we're going to have it done before the election. Now, the in my opinion, the only one that can stand that is Mike Lee, because you don't need. How long did it do take to do the Jeff Sessions uh, vote? Oh, uh, I mean, he was he brought in January twentieth. He was inaugurated, and then uh, February eighth, he was the vote went down. So uh, four weeks, yeah, three four weeks, three, and that four was weeks. You know, probably could have been faster. He had other things going on. Okay, so you have four weeks to do it. That's what you have now for the election. You have four weeks. The one who can get that, the one who doesn't need all the FBI checks and all of that is Mike Lee. It's already been done. He's, he's the a only senator. one who can get done that quickly. Yeah, he's the only one that can be done that quickly. Or another senator, but Mike Lee is the guy. And Mike Lee's the only senator on the list. Yes. So, so you've, got, you've got Mike Lee. You could select him. Let's just say Brett Kavanaugh is hit by a plane tomorrow. <laughs> Which <laughs> I wouldn't. A strange accident, but it could happen. I guess. It, it happened in Indiana Jones, uh, and 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 one of them were the guy where they were fighting on the tarmac. Oh, and yeah. the, t- the yeah. plane was turning around. If that yeah. happens to Kavanaugh, well, this one they won't be delivering the Ark in that plane. They'll be delivering uh, <laughs> the New York Times uh, in that plane. But anyway, so let's just say, and it makes him mm-hmm. into sausage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to announce that Mike Lee is the candidate. We are going to have this done by the election. They're, of course, going to go crazy because Mike Lee is uber pro-life and he would vote. Well, I mean, the bottom line is he cares about the Constitution more yes. than anything. I mean, he, he will vote. He, he will vote the Constitution, and he will also vote for right of life. He's not going to go in there with an agenda, but he is a right to life guy. So Kavanaugh wasn't good enough. Here's Mike Lee. There's not going to be there's no drinking parties with Mike Lee. There's just no drinking party. Maybe. And it'll be like Mike is like, all right, I confess, I I tasted beer in 1983. I didn't really like it, but I tried it. <laughs> it was root beer. Have you heard of this? Root beer. <laughs> root beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, he's the only one that you could push through. Because if you don't, if you don't have a plan immediately. Then the Democratic plan works of delay. Yeah, that, and that's the most important point. Their strategy is not to say that Kavanaugh is a sexual abuser. Their strategy is not to say anything about Kavanaugh specifically. Their strategy is to delay this thing so they can get to the election. And if they get past the new Senate coming in, they can potentially have a chance mm-hmm. of stopping this. Now, if you were to the day after the um, the day after this goes down, God forbid, you're, you know, they find something terrible. Let's say, about, Friday, let's say they find something terrible about yeah. them, right? And everybody agrees, and it goes down eighty to twenty, right? right. Like it's just one of those things they found something terrible about yeah. about Kavanaugh. We don't think that's going to happen. However, you must be prepared for that potentiality. You yeah. have to be ready for it. And if uh, if you tried to go down the other suggested road that we talked a little bit about yesterday. Which was, you know, a Diane Sykes or, you know, an Allison Ide or one of the other. You won't make it to January. You won't. You, you, mu- be- you could potentially have enough time before they seat the Senate. But, I mean, it's going to be really close and you might not make it. Mm-hmm. Lee is the only thing you'd have that you'd have be able to get that through fast Lee enough. Lee also is the guy that everybody in the Senate has to look at after they voted against. 
I mean, they will vote against. Yeah, the Democrats will still do it. But the, will would Jeff Flake vote against? You know, uh, Mike I Lee. I just don't think so. Don't think so. Would, I uh, don't think so. You know, I mean, you know, these I don't know. people have good relationships with Lee, even though they know they think he's too yes. conservative for for them. And remember, it's advise and consent. Mm-hmm. Now I know the Democrats won't care about that, mm-hmm. but there's a chance that you can get all of the Republicans on board. If you don't, I want to lay out some scenarios of what we're looking at here and please help me with the good scenario i'll lay out five or six scenarios for you when we come back on what is headed our way so hackers exploited security vulnerability at facebook the guy didn't hack into uh, you know, he said on Friday that he was going to hack into Mark Zuckerberg's and oh, kick yeah. him off. He didn't, it didn't, didn't, it didn't, didn't work. Uh, potentially, the hackers that did get in uh, exposed the information of nearly 50 million accounts. Attackers stole access tokens, which they can use to take over people's accounts. Their digital keys that keep people logged in so they don't need to re-enter their password every time. Now, Facebook says they fixed the vulnerability and informed law enforcement. But this is your personal information. Were you one of the 50 million? It's a data breach. Criminals can open accounts, file tax returns, buy property. There's so many threats in today's connected world. It takes one weak link and the criminals are in. That's why the new LifeLock identity theft protection adds the power of Norton security. It's going to help you protect against the threats to your identity and all of your devices. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but the new LifeLock with Norton security can see the threats that you're going to miss on your own. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. Get an extra 10% off your first year plus a $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. That's promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Terms apply. Five different scenarios. I haven't even counted them yet. But there are several different scenarios on how this thing ends that I want to go through with you. Uh, And... And tell me, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me how this is going to end in a, you know, in a positive way. I, I, I think, though, we should also get into, maybe we do this beforehand, get into the idea that there are accusations that Kavanaugh lied in his hearings. Yes. And, you know, the New York Times laid them out in ridiculous detail. Yeah. And we should go through each one of them because I, I would like, because there's an idea that if there is, let's say, he perjured himself, which is one of the things a lot of people are starting to throw around now. They're starting to say, well, he perjured himself. He lied. Instead of saying he was trying to paint himself in the best light possible, it was he perjured himself. Now, maybe he did. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen well, anything. perjury about sex doesn't matter. We, we learned <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but... It, if he perjured himself, look. If he perjured himself, for me, it's a problem. Yeah, I, I mean, you I know. guess it, to me, it would it would matter on the context of it. I guess. I, I, I mean, if what do you mean, like the boof thing? Yeah, like one of the things they're talking about is he, the the word boof, which is a word I have not heard since probably 1985. Um, uh, but he, it was what did it mean? And he said it meant flatulence. And there's, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I, I I could be wrong, but there was a word like that, and I thought it was poof, that meant like smoking pot, that you were smoking pot. See, that's interesting. You, it, you in your school had a different meaning of it than I would have yeah. thought of in my school, which supports 
his flatulence argument, well, maybe. I feel like. Yeah. We need to talk I about I mean, that. you do smoke pot in your butt, right? No, uh, Glenn, we need to talk about some. Glenn Beck Mercury. All right, I want you to think of some scenarios um, on how this ends and the right way to deal with all of it and what it means um, to the future. We'll give those to you here in a second. We want to go over some of the, the things that people now are saying about Brett Kavanaugh and not the ridiculous uh, stuff. I, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, focus on two things. This extra week was to find out if the uh, the Ford thing was real. I don't think that's real. If it is real, if they if they come up with credible evidence that it's real, he's out. You agree with that, Stu? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think if somehow they were able to prove that he did something or really make you believe he did. Yeah, yeah I well, mean, if it's credible evidence, if it's it's if it is preponderance of evidence, yeah, if, if, you know, the details matter. But yes, generally yes. speaking, yes. OK, uh, perjury. This is what they're going for now. This is what Jeff Flake has bought. And what he purchased uh, was an extra week for the media and the Democrats to move the goalposts. And now the goalposts are moving. The goalposts now are, did he perjure himself? Did he lie under oath? And not about, not about uh, uh, Professor Ford, but about what was written in his yearbook. Hmm. So here are the things that they are saying. And, and you have to say, is this, would this rise to the level of perjury? All right, go ahead. And I, I want to warn you, we are about to use highly technical medical terms. And if you are, this may be go a little bit over your head. That's okay. Stick with us. Okay. Judge Kavanaugh's yearbook page included the entries. Judge, have you boofed yet? Have you boofed yet? And devil's triangle. On Thursday, he said boofed meant flatulence and that the devil's triangle was a drinking game in which three glasses were arranged in a triangle. Um, this is disputed, according to the New York Times, and I want to make sure that you understand that I'm reading from a, from what is supposedly the greatest newspaper ever created. They are they are talking about whether the word "boofed" <sighs> means flatulence or not. "Boofed" in the 1980s was a term that often referred to uh, to well, again, technical terms, anal sex. And this is how Judge Kavanaugh's classmates said they interpreted his comment. They said they had never used it before as it referred to flatulence. Okay. Now, the term boofed, Glenn, mm-hmm. was a term that I do remember from my, uh, from my, I would say, elementary school days. Oh, good. Uh, oh, well. You know, I no, mean. No, that was before Clinton. Middle school, so, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I don't think I necessarily knew what it meant, but it, I feel like it had a sexual connotation to it. However, what I found is interesting is as I was talking, talking to you about this this morning before the show. And assuming that everyone would understand that as what it meant, you had a totally different understanding of the word. Well, I wasn't the hippest. So no. <laughs> so no I don't know. accused you of that. But I, I seem to remember something I don't recall, but I think we used to, you know, getting stoned or something. I, I, I can't remember the for word sure. boofed meant getting you were stoned. stoned or getting stoned, something like that, maybe. Okay. I, Have I, you ever I've heard never, the term I, spleef? 
Yeah, maybe I think in like that was in Ridgemont, that kind of that. times at Richmond High. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I mean, it's been a whole, yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a long time. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. Okay. Okay. So, so this so. is is this guy? I mean, this is as, as close <clears throat> as you can come. Yeah. To like a founding document of the word boofed. Yes. Right. This is like if you go back to the Federalist Papers about <laughs> yeah, the Urban Dictionary. That's what. <laughs> okay. That's what this is. Uh, the Urban Dictionary. All right. To abuse any licit or illicit substance via insertion into one's rectum. That's the number one meaning. That's the number one meaning. I have never heard it used okay. like that. Butt funneling. Oh, now, I don't Again, know Again, these are highly who, technical terms. I don't know who says, you know what? I bet it's better if we drink beer through our butt. But apparently, that's been done. Uh, I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that either. Is it? And, and I don't recommend. It. And it's not called really drinking if you do it that way. It's no, called. It's really as not. We're learning here. Boofing. No, no. I don't know if you're. If you have butt blackouts, if you know all of a sudden your butt falls asleep, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm know. not sure. Okay. Okay. So there's uh, there's the uh, there's the the number one. Uh, n- uh, the next one is something that is whack, dumb, or effed up. Used to describe wow. objects, people, or stuff you don't want to do. So that uh, you know that guy's a boof. That yeah, guy's a boof? I feel like that's maybe also how I heard it. Now that you're saying it that way, because it was just kind of like an insult. Yeah, that may have been. Yeah, right. I just know. I I remember the word, but I don't remember <laughs> yeah. it connected to you know sticking things in. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's one that kind of makes me feel a little better. A synonym for weed. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, how would it, is there a sentence? Smelled. Uh, Use it in a sentence, please. Smelled dat boof. <laughs> <laughs> now, I assume that's D-A-T is what you're saying. Yes. Right? Smelled dat boof. Yes, okay, yes, yes. That makes me feel okay. uncomfortable. Fifth, <laughs> the act of lifting the, uh, the bow out of a whitewater kayak while going over rocks, waves, or waterfalls. What? Uh, in order to launch over hydraulics or rocks. This entry is sponsored by Cabela's. Yeah. Is that, well, <laughs> what, I've never heard that before. Boof. The low-toned noise a dog makes. Okay. Typically when they are suspicious or unsure of whether they should actually bark or not. Now, I haven't heard a flatulence one, but I have heard many things related to the butt, uh, which I think somewhat... Boof. Another term for having sex. That'd be in the butt, Bob. <laughs> okay so okay so uh, again i think this is the interesting point here they're trying yeah. to say this is essentially perjury there's no way that's perjury to me that is a bonkers claim the idea that it's, that it's, word probably meant different things at different schools as as mine and yours did right as there are seven different definitions on urban dictionary for it now not just because flatulence didn't make it there does not mean that lo- locally that was not the way people used it you do have the problem of people in Georgetown prep now starting to come out and saying, look, I, I was for him and I don't think he did this Ford thing, but now that he was saying that this is what these words mean, come on, man. And, and that he was never really fall down drunk. Yeah, he was. Okay. Well, so we have that one too. You want to okay. go to this? That yeah, go to the next, next one. All right, this then. is a, uh, again, the list of potential perjury, mm-hmm. uh, from, for judge Kavanaugh. Um, the next one is excessive drinking. Judge Kavanaugh portrayed himself in his testimony as enjoying a beer or two in, in high school and as a college student, but not as someone who often drank to excess during those years. I drank beer with my friends, end quote. 
Um, then this is disputed, is what they say in the Times. His statements are at odds at, uh, with some of his classmates and how they remembered him. Nearly a dozen college classmates of Judge Kavanaugh said they recalled uh, him indulging in heavy drinking, some saying... So now it's not it's less than a dozen because mm, some of them said some. heavy drinking. Some saying uh, it was uh, beyond normal consumption. Par- par- parenthetical here. To be sure, a smaller number of classmates said his drinking was unexceptional. So again, this is like judging yourself and how much you drink is notoriously difficult. As I would assume, a Mister Alcoholic over here would be able to tell you. Uh, I mean, the whole point is the toughest thing to do is admit you're an alcoholic, right? Yeah, it's very possible. And I would say likely that most people who drink to excess in these periods would not necessarily say that they're doing something abnormal, even if they are. Here's what I here's how I take this. I took that testimony when I watched him talk about drinking. It was very clear that he was getting drunk. And and he said, right. look, and we all said, drank, drank to excess. We drank yeah. to excess. Mm-hmm. We all did. Haven't you done that? I mean, I uh, the, on the drinking thing, I don't consider this a problem because I I believe that he was, in effect, saying, yeah, but there is a difference between a blackout, Mm -hmm. okay? And maybe he had blackouts and didn't remember them. I don't believe that at all. You have a blackout, you remember it. You don't you don't remember what happened. You remember the that you but you remember out. you were like, oh, crap, I don't even remember. Now, maybe at 17, you know, you're like, oh, that was so crazy. I don't even remember that. Maybe you're at 17 and doing that, but you have to consume a lot of alcohol. I, I you know, I got to may I ask a uh, may I bring me an expert witness. Yes. And uh, Glenn Beck, please come to the stage. Oh, hey, 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 <laughs> uh, you know, to me. I'm going to make it a generalization, but with a specific accusation. 95% of people who say they drank to the point of blacking out are lying. I believe it's 95%. I believe that blackouts do exist, but it is extraordinarily rare. I just spent a week in France, which I can't believe my liver returned with me. I right. thought for sure it was going to be like, you know what? I'm staying on the beach here. Right. I drank, I drank I, I a lot there. I would think that it would have been I got to get back home. <laughs> <laughs> I got to dry out. My point, though, is that I've had a lot to drink in my life yeah. at certain times. Yeah. I've never even been remotely the close to something The amount of alcohol that you have to consume... In a very short period of yeah. time. Now I've done I, I've I've done my homework on it, uh, and it's not exactly the way I have experienced it. Um, apparently, you can have blackouts if you drink a an enormous amount of alcohol. If you well, if you were boofing, uh, maybe. Um, if if an enormous amount of alcohol gets into your bloodstream quickly, you can blackout. I, I have read places where they say it's rare. Some places say it's common. I'm sorry, but I do not believe. I believe it's a movie trick that most people, you know, they're like, oh, we did one last night. We had sex. No right. way. Shut up. 95% of the time. 95%. That's a lot. I had a friend who had drank a lot in a very short period of time and blacked out, blacked out, fell off a stage and had to go to the hospital. Um, and that was a legit this is in college yeah and that was a legitimate like he drank way too much nothing he didn't do anything wrong he just yeah. fell off the stage and almost killed himself and didn't remember uh, any of it but and and just remembered being there but did not remember the falling or anything okay um and so i'm not saying it never happens but like the idea that you would say to someone oh I, this guy's lying he did black out is completely absurd you can't you, you cannot 
You cannot accuse someone of lying about that. Only they would know if it occurred. You can say that, and this is what they are saying, that he lied because he said, you know, he, he gave the impression that uh, he wasn't ever out of control, falling down drunk. Well, okay, I don't believe that, but no. I also don't, I wasn't left with that impression. No, he said, I mean, the quote is, I drank beer with my friends. Almost everyone did. Sometimes I had too many beers. Sometimes others did. I like beer. I still like beer, but I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out. He just said I didn't black out. He didn't say he didn't drink to excess. In fact, he said I have drank to excess. And, you know, I mean, I am not a big drinker in my life, but I've drank to excess several times. But never, I mean, the idea that getting to black oh, blackout drunk, you know, you, you're maybe a different story, but getting to blackout drunk is, I mean, you've told me some of the levels of alcohol you've had in your life. The levels are almost inhuman. <laughs> like I would definitely be dead. Yeah, You're—I mean—you're dumping poison into your system, and, and your it's body a lot of it. Your body can't handle a blackout. Is shutting your body down, saying I can't keep you alive, and run all of these other systems. Right. I mean, that's that's you know that's intense. So um, uh, we have a couple more of these. We can go through them yeah. if we need to. But I mean, I think you get the point. This is the level of almost every one of these accusations. So I don't think the None drinking thing. I don't think the boofing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the well, let me take a break. Okay. We'll come back. There's two things that could pose a problem for him. And some people are asking, like, why are you giving up on Kavanaugh? I'm, I'm not, not. Not at all. I, I still not. think there's a 50% chance, maybe higher, that he gets through. The issue here is if he doesn't. I mean, because if you have faith here, you're having faith not in Kavanaugh, in Collins and Murkowski and Flake. Yeah. If you have faith in them, then fine. Don't worry about it. But if you don't, like I don't, then you better have plan B set up. Yeah. By the way, I just want to make that really clear. I'm not giving up on him at all. I'm just... Playing this out, seeing where the Democrats are headed this mm-hmm. week, yep. and how will that affect those three senators? All right, July of 2017, Bitcoin was down 40%. Tika Tuari came in and said, Palm Beach, in the Palm Beach letter, uh, there's going to be some activity. It's going to bring enormous amounts of money into Bitcoin. What's Bitcoin at today? Uh, Bitcoin currently sixty five forty eight. Sixty five forty eight. Bitcoin was trading at around eighteen fifty a coin at the time. We all know that it went up to uh, twenty thousand, and it's crashed down to about five or six thousand, and it's still kind of hovering there. It's gone up and down, but you know it's been it's, it's been, been under ten. Now, yeah, yeah, been mm-hmm. here for a while. Um, Tika has has come in and said we're in the same kind of horrific bear market. Um, and last time when he said this, Bitcoin hit uh, 20,000. This time he says Bitcoin right now is the time to buy because some things are in the pipeline that Bitcoin will go up 10x or more. Now, he says it's going to happen by the end of the year, but I, I, I mean, I've, I've talked to him several times. I buy into everything that he's saying on why it's coming. Uh, it's going to go up. But the timing, I, I don't know. I don't know. But he's confident in uh, in the timing, but he is ultra confident in why. And that's the part you need to know about. We did a uh, smart crypto course with Tika. If you don't know anything about cryptos, you got to educate yourself. Everybody should have 100 bucks in cryptos. Uh, smartcryptocourse.com. Smartcryptocourse.com. Take that course. It's online. You're going to learn a ton. You'll be able to understand the future that we're headed towards. 877-PBL-BECK. It's 877-PBL-BECK. SmartCryptoCourse.com. Glenn Beck. 
Uh, you know, let me take you, Richard, in uh, South Carolina. I think this is really important. He can verify. Go ahead, Richard. Hey, Glenn. How you guys doing? Very man? good. Very good. Look, I went to school in Virginia, 77 to 82, middle yeah. school and high school. Mm. When you boofed, you farted. When somebody said, ooh, really? who boofed? Because of that smell, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. So, and he's, you know, Virginia. That's, that's you know, it's Washington. That that's A lot Washington, of these terms are regional like that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We do have confirmation that boofing is farting from that era in that region by the way we now have one person who said it so it's the same amount of confirmation as we have as the ford accusations which is interesting this is such a tough this is such a tough place because i think the average person not some not somebody who listens to talk radio all the time or pays attention to democratic politics all the time the average person is like why why not just move on from this guy because the principle of this You cannot move on, or they are going to do this every single time. You cannot live in a country where you are innocent until accused. The country has been pushed to the limit. Our political bonds have been torn apart. We need a true leader who can save us from certain doom. Unfortunately, we could only find this guy. Hey, it's Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. For tickets, VIP packages, and more, visit glennbeck.com. Glenn Beck. I'm going to just jump in on this one. Uh, Georgetown University's distinguished associate professor, Christine Fair, a professor of law, had an interesting tweet to share with all of us. Quote, look at the chorus of entitled white men justifying a serial rapist uh, uh, aggregated uh, entitlement. Now, Now, Kavanaugh is a serial rapist. All of them, meaning men, deserve miserable deaths while feminists laugh as they take their last gasps. Bonus, we castrate their corpses and feed them to swine. Yes. This this is an esteemed professor at Georgetown? Pretty violent. Especially for somebody on Twitter who's verified. Her statements definitely seem to violate Twitter's terms of service, you know, for advocating violence. Professor, who couldn't be named more incorrectly, Fair, her Twitter bio reads like a postmodern satire, scholar of South Asian Paul Mill affairs, intersectional feminist, pitbull apostle, scotch devotee, non-theist resistor. Reviews are mine, no rubes. Retweet does not equal endorsement. Now, interestingly, uh, she has worked at several places that have the word peace in the title, although she doesn't really seem like a peaceful type. She also runs a blog called uh, Expletive Crap Men Say, where she doxes people because it's all about accountability. In response to the backlash that she has received, she has now doubled down on her rhetoric. I will not moderate my rage for your convenience. As a victim of assault, 
I, along with millions of women, white, watch white males gather around a belligerent predator defending his and their privilege. I will use my words that will make you as uncomfortable as I am. Well, nothing says stable like putting random words in all caps. I'm just saying. Then there is this gem in which she rants about the patriarchy as if it actually exists. Quote, I hope women understand we are all rapable. Just because you shill for the patriarchy doesn't make you immune. We are all potential victims every day. And I hope it's clear to all American patriarchy that they don't care about your views. They abuse us as a perk. Can you imagine living your life this way? Sincerely. Something obviously has happened to this woman, and it must have been horrible. But is there no healing? You're going to let that define your whole life? My father taught me a really important lesson, because I was a pretty dark dude in my 20s. I, I, I was not a happy camper. I didn't like people. I was kind of like, well, I wasn't like this. Wow, I don't know anybody who's actually like this. But I was, I was an angry kid. And my father taught me. It's not, it's not what happens to you in life. It's what you do with it that defines you. What is she doing with it? She's teaching, but what is she teaching? With all the ranting she's doing, what is she teaching? Hatred? I feel bad for this woman. I really do. She goes on these rants quite often, by the way. She doesn't like Brett Kavanaugh. She doesn't like President Trump. The reason why I bring her up is, well, A, Twitter. Are you going to kick her off? Are you going to kick her off? If this isn't, if this, if this isn't the epitome of threats, I don't know what is. But she really typifies the the insanity that has overtaken the left. No amount in evidence in favor of Kavanaugh will change her mind. And you know what? I, I, I really, I can understand how you might emotionally connect with her, especially if you were a victim. I can. But she is possessed with this unending hatred and there is nothing anyone can say or do anyone who says i know kavanaugh didn't do it you're fooling yourself anyone who says i know he did it you're fooling yourself you're filling in blanks that you cannot unless you're god let me check yep no i'm not god today might be your turn unless you're god you don't know that. You cannot know that. I mean, this is one of those cases where it is so crystal clear to me. Judge 
lest you be judged. How you judge other people. I'm telling you, if he did it, he's out. If he was perjuring himself, I don't want a guy on the Supreme Court that was perjuring himself. But that requires evidence. That requires some sort of of case to be made, not accusations, but a case to be made. You're destroying a person's life. See, here's the problem with this particular professor at Georgetown. She's looking for social justice. She's looking for wrongs to be uh, to be righted somehow or another. And it doesn't matter. All men are guilty. All men are guilty. Well, I'm sorry. Was Gandhi guilty? Was Gandhi guilty? Really? Because he was a man. Was Martin Luther King, was he guilty? You know, both of those men were flawed. Both of those men had things about them that I don't like. Both of those men... Uh, had one was a alleged philanderer. The other was a clear racist Gandhi. I still think they were great men. They were just flawed. When you go into social justice and you believe in collective salvation or collective justice, that I'm going to right the wrongs of the world because men are collectively evil because of all of the wrongs that men have done in the past. They are collectively evil. You go mad. And I am warning and begging people to calmly and rationally explain this to their neighbors. When you go down that road, you always, always end up killing people. Now, a few years ago, that was hyperbole. But today, if you don't think we're on the edge of a civil war, of people like her saying we should feed their genitals to the pigs, tell me the difference between that and Nazi Germany rhetoric. And what a surprise. Once again, it's coming from the elites in the universities. It's Tuesday, October 2nd. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I, it's really hard, really very, very hard to, to remain reasonable when the world is unreasonable. But we must, we must, because no one will listen to any message if we are just hurling insults, if we are fighting fire with fire, it will change no one's mind. If you don't believe me, how many minds did we change 
Did we change the course 2010? And I, I want you to know, I don't think that um, we did the fight as much as the press tried to convince everyone we were these evil monsters saying X, Y, and Z and demanding violence. So I understand that. But because of that, which we don't necessarily have this time, the media has changed. It's not as important. Social media is much more important than the regular media. All right. So... What's the best way to get people to come on our side? It's never to point the finger at them. It's, it's never to call them names. And I know this from experience. I know this because I'm going to be honest with you. I did that to you because I was so convinced I was right. That I did that to you. I Instead, I didn't listen to you. I just thought you're crazy. These are you're you're flushing down this and that and blah 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 and you're wrong. No. No. You saw things a different way. And as I have said on many occasions on this program since the election, I was wrong on multiple occasions. But what amazes me is when I say those things, the number of people who just want to rub my face in it. That's okay. If that makes you feel better, but I just want to tell you that's foolish. You do it to me all you want. Please don't do that to others. Please don't do that to others who say, you know what? I think you were right. Or you know what? I can't take my own side and, And while I don't like your guy that much, I mean, you guys are at least making some sense. Please do not rub their, oh, well, we told you so. Well, really? Remember when you fought? Don't do that. Please don't do that. Welcome them. If we're going to heal the nation, the first thing we have to do is heal the right. If we're going to heal the nation, we have got to put our differences aside and begin to Open up our circle. If I believe in 80% of the stuff you believe in, great. I don't even need to do that. I just need to know, do you believe in the Bill of Rights? Do you believe in the Bill of Rights? If you believe in the Bill of Rights and you'll stand for the Bill of Rights, I'm in. I'm in. We can disagree on everything else. I'm in. Because I think we're really headed for real trouble. Let me just let me just show you the ways this Kavanaugh thing can come down. And Stu, I'd love your help on this. I'm going to give you a few scenarios, and you tell me. You tell me if they're crazy or not. We'll do that in a second. I, I only see one way. I only see one way that ends happily, kind of, for a while. We'll do this in just a second. Now, from hurricanes to earthquakes and cyber warfare, every American should have a plan to get through an emergency, a natural disaster, the power being out, whatever it is. You know, civil war. The government response 
to repair our infrastructure is not what we think it is anymore. Hello, Puerto Rico. And that had nothing to do with racism or anything else. Our coffers were empty. The United States and FEMA did not have any plan ever to have four major disasters in one year. That's why Puerto Rico was screwed. Now, the best thing you can do is store up some food. Build a supply over time so you're ready. I trust my Patriot Supply for my food storage. Um, you can start small. But here, everyone in your household minimum should have 72-hour kit and then maybe a four-week emergency food kit. The good news is you can start right there at the four-week emergency food kit because right now, if you go to preparewithglenn.com, that's preparewithglenn.com, you're going to save $100 on each of those food kits. Four-week food kits. $100 off right now this week. Ship fresh discreetly to your door. Do it now. Call 800-200-7163, 800-200-7163, or preparewithglenn.com. Addicted to Outrage. The new book from Glenn Beck, Addicted to Outrage, is available everywhere. Order it now at Amazon.com. Okay, you're going to start hearing very soon. This is the most important election of your lifetime. It's the most important election of your lifetime. Here are the scenarios that I see. Kavanaugh, they're moving the goalposts now on Kavanaugh. And if, um, uh, uh, let me just give you a couple. Let's say he is confirmed. Okay. He's confirmed, but this kind of perjury stuff is percolating and they just make hay out of it. Um, We go back to normal and the GOP loses the House to the Democrats. The Democrats then are going to demand testimony from Donald Trump because they're going to try to impeach him. They're going to demand his tax records because they're going to impeach him. And the White House responds by going to the Supreme Court and says the the, the president doesn't have time to do this, yada, yada. Um, And the Democrats then um, want uh, Kavanaugh to recuse himself. Which he, he won't do. Which he won't do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Uh, and the the House then moves to impeach Kavanaugh. Okay, so we've got a year of fun. Uh, certainly plausible. Plausible, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, let's say he's not confirmed because Flake or Collins or Murkowski or right. Heller, okay, they just don't believe him. And the Republicans drop the ball. They have no plan. And they just like, well, you know, and we need your vote because we're going to repeal Obamacare, too. (laughs) They lose the House and possibly the Senate. Worst case scenario. So they don't get they don't get him through. They don't get him through because of the Republicans Mm -hmm. and because of this week with Jeff Flake. People are just like, okay, the Republicans are worthless. I mean, and they don't come out with a huge plan. Yeah, I think you're right. They'll try to turn that into a reason to get to the polls. But if if it's the Republicans that cause it, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't think it'll work. Okay. Another scenario. He is confirmed. The House impeaches Trump. The House uh, impeaches Kavanaugh on perjury. Think that is... If they win the House, you know they're going to at least attempt to they will attempt Trump it. and probably Kavanaugh too. Correct. If you lose the House and the Senate, these things are happening and there well, there's no chance of them being removed but you will have the next two years of nonstop impeachment hearings of both Kavanaugh and Trump. Okay. Mm-hmm. The only one that seems good to me is um, 
if Kavanaugh loses the vote, the only one that I think works out is Kavanaugh loses the vote, which could be really bad because it'll be the Republicans that do it. Um, however, Donald Trump comes out and while he says, yep, that's over, here's the guy. He ups the ante and you get a guy that all conservatives are rabid about. Okay. Somebody who you just know, oh my gosh, that's a Scalia. Right now, Brett Kavanaugh has not been a lot of people's favorites. I mean, they're okay with him, but no, nobody's willing to die on a sword for him. And remember, Kavanaugh was not on the initial list of judges from Trump. And there's lots of them. He added him later. I personally think the best uh, course of action is to nominate, let's say, let's say Flake and Collins come out and go, you know what? I can't do it. I'm not going to vote on Friday. I can't vote for him. Great. Donald Trump, within 10 minutes, should be on television and say, in my opinion, Mike Lee is the next uh, nominee. And you know what? He's already been vetted for the FBI, and every senator knows him. So we're going to be calling for a vote next week. Easy peasy. You know, yeah. that that's the thing that's... to do, because then <laughs> you have them battling just on abortion. Right, they're gonna, the well, same complaints they'd have about everybody. Correct, and that's not going to hurt conservatives getting to the polls. If if you put a staunch conservative, somebody who says, "Yeah, I think abortion is wrong," and if it comes before me, I'll look at the case. Of course, but I think it's wrong. I think it's murder, and that and Roe versus Wade was a terrible decision. You then have. Uh, Republicans running to the polls. Mm. You'll also have Democrats, but I think that's your best case scenario if Flake or Collins flake on Capitol. Glenn Beck, Mercury. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, I was watching CNN and I saw three former Blaze employees sitting there and I thought, I have been so blessed to work with some amazing, amazing people uh, you know, when they were young and, and before they got famous. And uh, it's it's just, it's, I don't know, it's really satisfying. Uh, one of the guys that I think of often, and I, I have no idea why I let him walk out the door, um, but I don't think, I think I would have had to block it with my own body, which he wouldn't have been able to move, but because uh, uh, <laughs> he went to go uh, become one of the founders of uh, the Federalist, uh, which is a, a great group of of thinkers uh online he has just written a book called first freedom a ride through america's enduring history with the guns uh and uh, his name is david harsani hi david how are you i'm well thanks for having me you bet so i appreciate it you're a bigger guy than people think or know so uh thank you for that i think it was a fat joke i mean that in a good way yeah uh david before we go into your book here just give me a minute on your take on kavanaugh and what's going to happen I think he's going to get through, and I think um, I think this is one of the ugliest smears we've seen, and at least in my life, c- covering politics and thinking about politics. And I think it's going to backfire in that it's really brought together never most of the never Trumpers and all the sort of disparate parts of the mm-hmm. right, and rightly so. And um, and if not, I, I was listening to you before. I think that Trump has to be ready for that, and they have to push through someone else because the courts, especially when you have a divided political environment as you do today the 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 supreme court's incredibly important and uh you know he's there's there's a rightful seat there for the for for the for a conservative and uh, trump should do what he has to do to get it through what do you think about what do you think about mike lee as everyone knows him you don't need the fbi you could vote in a week (laughs) 
Uh, I love the idea. I mean, and you know, he's not going to like wander off. No, (laughs) no, no, no. He's hardcore. So I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about your book. The thing I like about your book is that you do not uh, shy away from America's gun culture. Yeah, I think we talk a lot about the politics of gun and obviously guns, and obviously it's important, the ideology behind it. But I think a lot of people miss the culture behind it, the hundreds of years of, of, of embedded culture, not just not just in war, but in, in commerce and in, in just the individual lives of Americans and how important it was and how that is in our DNA. And that's why we talk about guns the way we do. So because I grew up in New York and guns were sort of alien to my you know, neighborhood and place mm. I grew up on, less criminals had them. Uh, I thought it was important to try to figure out what that was about. And, uh, you know, that's what the book's about. Wow. So, so how did you, I mean, what did you find? I, I, I didn't know that you were, you know, not, not part of the gun culture. I grew up in the gun culture, if you will. My grandfather and my uncles, we, you know, they'd go uh, hunting and, and fishing and we always had guns around. Uh, and it takes on a different meaning to me and to people who grew up around them. What'd you find? Right. I mean, you know, where I grew up, every, you know, if you mentioned guns or if someone had a gun, they'd immediately think about it in a negative way, not yeah. in something that would be positive. So, uh, you know, just a personal story. My, my dad had a little jewelry store in New York and it was robbed. And uh, right after that, my dad tried to get a gun and it was this, you know, this painstaking process of trying to get one to protect your own property yeah. and your own work and your own family. So that's, I think, when I started turning towards, you know, having a curiosity about what it was about. And then when I moved to Denver and lived in Colorado and other places, I saw what it was really about and um, and how people treated it and how, like, an NRA member is the most responsible person on earth, you know, it when is. it comes to guns. So. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if the people. No, they understand. don't. They don't understand that at all. Um, take me through some of the stories that you you talk about because what I like about this is it's not a gun. This is not a book about um, you know necessarily the laws and everything else. This is a story about America and how we we do. Ha- I mean, we're unlike any other nation on earth when it comes to guns in our history. Take me through, like, uh, either Sam Colt or, or Buffalo Bill, two of my favorites. Well, Sam Colt's just one of the most amazing Americans that ever lived. I mean, not only was he an engineer and, and just created this incredible innovation where a person went from firing one, you know, musket shot once a minute or maybe twice a minute to shooting five times in mere seconds. He was also just an innovator in, in, in marketing, in selling himself, in, in using the press to, to sell, sell to other people and using and using engineering to to create something that he can make cheaper so the normal American the normal man the normal woman can get their hands on it and um, change the West it changed the way that we the relationship a person has with with a weapon and um, he also had inter you know he was before Henry Ford he was using interchangeable parts it was like the first industrial revolution so he was just an amazing man and almost it was my favorite chapter to write I think he needs, you know, more. We need a yeah, full was a good book on him. Yeah. So um, here we are at the the one year anniversary of uh, Las Vegas and the shooting of Las Vegas. Um, did you, in your um, looking through history, did you ever find another time in American history? And I should say, you know, uh, pre progressive uh, where guns had been viewed in America as anything but good? 
No, I, I sort of actually, you know, in, in the in the 19th century, guns were sort of idealized and romanticized in books yeah. and things of that nature. It wasn't until the 30s, really, when anyone right. started to think about, um, and, and, and for some good reason, people were running around with machine guns shooting up places, you know, in yeah. Chicago and elsewhere. So, I mean, there was a legitimate fear that some people had. Um, but before that time, no one even thought to limit gun ownership in any way. I mean, certain places in the West, maybe they had certain areas where you couldn't have a gun because everyone was drunk and fighting, but generally no one had to go and ask the government, the state, uh, for a gun. I think, in fact, that when you think about the Second Amendment, how you think about the ideals behind it tells us a lot about how you think about freedom in general. I think you're pretty authoritarian if you think that the individual shouldn't be able to defend themselves and rather should rely solely on the state. Because you could have, um, you could have had a Gatling gun. I think you can still buy a Gatling gun um, legally, Uh, but you could buy a Gatling gun, but we didn't have those, you know, the mass shootings. Uh, One, it's a little harder to conceal a Gatling gun in a violin case, but also because the government's prohibition of alcohol led to the formation of these huge, terrible, and powerful mobs. Yeah, and, and you know, they use Tommy guns, and you see them in the movie uh, movies, and, um, you know, it's kind of fic- it's fictitious only in that the, the gun has, com- you know, big blowback, and it's not that easy to shoot, and it was almost never really used in criminal activities. It was more scaremongering by people who wanted to ban them. Now, I'm not saying people should have Tommy guns and driving around in their cars, but I'm just saying. I, that, I uh, am. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. If you're a responsible <laughs> citizen, I'm fine with that. That's true. That's true. Well, <laughs> so so um, David, um, when we worked together, how long ago was it? Ten years ago? Ooh, I, I don't know. Yeah, th- yeah almost. Yeah. Wow. So ten years ago, if I would have said to you, in your lifetime, do you think there will be a serious move um, that either comes close or does take away America's right to guns? You would have thought that was a crazy question, if I'm not mistaken, don't you think? Ten years ago. Actually, yeah, I do. But I do feel better about the Second Amendment than I do the First, the Fourth, the Fifth, and others. And um, because there are 400 million guns out there, and I think that the people who, who are part of the culture that I'm writing about and talking about will not hand them over that easily. So I'm, I'm less worried about them than I am uh, uh, certainly the First Amendment, I think, yeah. foremost, but others as well. Well, you lose the second, and you definitely lose the first. That's right. I, I That's wonder, right. I wonder, uh, you know, I wonder what it's going to take before people wake up to the road that we're, we're sadly on. Uh, the name of the book is First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History of the Gun. It is a great read. It's David Harsani, First Freedom. It's out today. You can get it at Amazon or wherever books are sold. David, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Glenn. So our sponsor this half hour is X-Chair. Now, I love it when a uh, client is uh, also somebody that I I use and I love. I have an X-Chair in my office, and I love it. It is, um, I'm kind of a, can we go two ways on this one, Stu? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm a visual guy. Yes. And uh, I like the visual 
when especially in our studios here, I like things to be visual. I've never noticed, but yeah, yeah I haven't noticed that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so uh, I remember we bought these chairs. Um, I, I can't remember what they're called. Everybody knows what they are. They're those really expensive chairs. Some big designer made They're cr- I don't like them. I do not like them. Um, the X chair is a design beauty, if you will, mm-hmm. but it actually is really, really comfortable and has like, I don't know, about 15,000 different adjustments on it. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I would do the show in a bean beanbag if it was comfortable. Right. Like, I don't care about the look of it at all, um, but it does look amazing. I, but to me, much more importantly, it's very comfortable. Yeah. It actually supports your back. You right. don't feel like you're on like a bar stool and like because you, you, know, you almost need abs to hold yourself up straight, which I don't have. Uh, <laughs> it's just a it's a great you know, it's noticeably different than the chairs that we had in here just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, this, so the X chair is the chair. And, and most of us spend more time in our chairs than on our bed. Uh, at the office, and uh, usually we it's the last thing we think of. It's like a staples chair. If you have an office at home, you have uh, an office you know at the office and you want to be comfortable, or if you're you know building an office and you need new chairs, please check out the X chair. It is a beautiful chair, and it is a great chair to sit in. It is the X chair. Now on sale for $100 off. And if you go to xchairbeck.com, that's the letter X chair, B-E-C-K dot com. Uh, it will come with 30 day, no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So if, it's, if you don't love it, send it back. Uh, uh, plus, I think you get the um, uh, footrest as well for free. All you have to do is go to xchairbeck.com and use the promo code Beck. That's B-E-C-K. Get the free footrest the hundred dollars off eight four 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 x chair or xchairbeck.com I would love to talk to you and maybe we'll do this uh, on Thursday um, anybody who has read the book and wants to uh, talk about it I would love to talk to you about it and hear your thoughts where I might have missed it where what you may have not understood. Um, you know, what, what you think is crazy or what is good. If you've read the book, Addicted Outrage, can we put this on for Thursday? I'd like to hear from you Thursday on radio, uh, and we'll take calls on Thursday, hmm. uh, f- just about the book. You've now given people enough time to actually read it, yeah. which is nice. Because yeah. I think you wanted to do this like the day after it came I out. I did, and not everybody reads that fast. So. No. <laughs> so it's been out for a week now, and uh, if you've read it, uh, let's talk about it on because there's a there's a ton, a ton in there. Well, I, I think it explains so much about what we're seeing with the Kavanaugh case right now. I think it's I think it's absolutely in line with the Kavanaugh. case. Well, it's amazing because I think a lot of people if you're trying to look at this and you're, and you're just playing teams, a lot of people would just be like, ah, the Democrats are the worst and they're insane. But I mean, I know people who are, are Democrats and they sound completely insane about this Kavanaugh thing. Yeah, completely off the rocker. These are people that I know, people who I'm friendly with, and the extent that they'll go to here to try to take all male crime mm-hmm. in in the last 25 years and apply it to this one guy where there's no evidence that he committed any sort of crime. It, that sort of jump is not, it's not just, hey, they want to stop this or, hey, they want to protect Roe versus Wade. There is a different part of this. It's about throwing the entire um the entire efforts of logic off base 
It's based in postmodernism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's explained in the book. And, mm-hmm. and, and you'll see, because a lot of times I look at this and I'm like, I don't understand. What are they doing? Why are they saying these things? This, this doesn't make any sense. And there's easy political explanations for all of it, but it's not real. The real basis of it, the foundation of why they're, why are they attacking this in this way is all in the book. I mean, you, and it's, I wish I could, I wish Kavanaugh would have happened while I was writing the book because I think it is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do that tomorrow. Maybe we should take the book, the theories in the book, and just show exactly why everything is happening point by point. Yeah. Uh, you can find it in the book, Addicted to Outrage. And the, the most important part is it educates you and shows you how the other side is fighting and why you must not fight that way. Uh, and the reason why is because they are trying to create chaos. Now, I don't mean your neighbor who is a Democrat. I mean... I mean the people who are at the university levels uh, and the the upper echelons of politics. They know what's going on. They don't. They do not believe what they're saying. They're doing it because they have a goal, and their goal is to disrupt the hierarchy and the patriarchy, and to collapse the system that we have. Yeah, and if you see this too, like if you've ever had someone who has an addiction problem in your life of, of some substance, you see them acting erratically. And there's some reason, and you don't understand it, why would they do this? They blew their job. Why would they do this? They blew their marriage. All of those things. Why would the left act this way about this thing? And it's, you know, if you know why they're doing it, and it's, you're not just dismissing it as typical politics, you can fight against it much more effectively. And, uh, you know, you spend a lot of time in the book going through not just how, how and why this is going on, but how to push back against it and how to defeat it. Yeah, it is not a uh, it's not a book about surrender. It is a book about stand and fight. Just fight the right way. Just know who your enemy is, the tactics that they're using and fight the right way. It's called Addicted to Outrage. We'll talk about it on Thursday with you. So if you're reading it, try to finish it by uh, by Thursday. If you haven't started yet, please do. Um, and uh, and then join us on uh, join us on Thursday. <sighs> OK, um, we've we've dealt with the the Kavanaugh scenario. Uh, and it is that we are in an interesting place. It's going to come down to whether the press and whether the Democrats can convince enough Republicans, not even about Ford, I don't believe, but now whether he perjured himself. That's what's coming next. We are going to take a stop in Las Vegas when we come back. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is... The news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Glenn Beck. It's Tuesday, October 2nd. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I am not one to issue trigger warnings, but this particular sound has triggered one person. She says that she gets this awful feeling like she's about to fall off a cliff. She says, as soon as I hear helicopters, I I fall back into that nightmare. She even got the feeling one time 
while watching American Ninja Warrior because it was filmed in Las Vegas. So it's American Ninja Warrior in Vegas. It's helicopters and some of her favorite music. In fact, her favorite, she cannot listen to, Jason Aldean. Her name is Mega Panzera. She said that even, even when she passes a food truck, that night will come back. Crashing intensity that engulfs her. She's in the middle of the panic and she can hear the gunshots. One after another, after another, after another. Like the sound that little boys make for machine guns, she said. She can see the faces of the people as they sprint toward her. Some of them fall, some of them don't get back up. She can smell the crisp desert air of October in Las Vegas. The aroma of food fanning out of the food trucks with their motors that are usually so loud. Stinking with beer that people dropped as they ran. She can hear the screams. The screams for her that never seem to stop. And the feedback from the guitars flung onto the stage and abandoned. Yet despite all of that, the engulfing terror of that feeling, it only takes one sound to bring her back. It's this sound. The tiny cry of her baby, her son, her hero. Megan went to the Route 91 Harvest Festival. It was October 1st, 2017. A country music festival that became the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. For Megan, though, it all started as a date with her then-boyfriend, Valdo Penzera Jr. He was from New Jersey. He was in for the weekend to visit her in Las Vegas. She was working there as a teacher. They had been looking forward to the weekend for a while. No stress. They were just going to go see some... You know, music, have some food, have a great time together. Some of their favorite country musicians, they were all there for that same weekend, and they talked about it. And more and more each day, they got excited. But when the day finally arrived, Megan felt a little gutted. She was exhausted. She really wanted to go, but she had been feeling sick a lot lately. So the morning of that concert, they went to the doctor And by fate, that morning, they found out that she was pregnant. She and Valdo were going to be parents. She said it was a strange realization to have. She said, given the setting, and it happened so fast, and I didn't expect it, that maybe it didn't fully kick in. Either way, she was now tired and pregnant, And she had plenty of excuses to skip the up-close festival experience and, you know, just go sit in the bleachers at the back. But the passes weren't cheap. Something deep inside of her, she says now, kept telling her it was the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Go. She's returned to that assurance. That assurance that put her in the bleachers. The view, the sound wasn't very good. She had paid for great spots. But she thought this would be a better place for me. It's just, it'll be a little more relaxing. I'll be back from the crowd. I can watch them enjoy themselves. And we're all together after all. There they were sitting in the bleachers, not where they had paid to be. 
And then around 10 o'clock that night, during Jason Aldean's performance, it happened. So many things happened. Too many things happened all at once. So many things at once that they continue to replay all the different things one at a time to this day. It started with confusion. The firecrackers that turned into machine gun barrage. The screams. They said they couldn't believe that all the screams just kept going, all of it. Imagine the panic they felt as 20,000 people turned around all at once and started running directly at them. Everyone ran. Everyone was just trying to stay alive to protect themselves or someone near them. The bullets were falling like hail in a tornado. They looked down as the bullets were falling right where they would have been if Megan hadn't been so tired and pregnant and hadn't listened to her voice inside. So their seats at the back saved them, or as they see it, their son saved them. Because from the back, they were able to quickly escape. Although as they sprinted to safety, Valdo felt a whip of air pass his head as a bullet flew past. It was close, and he knew what that meant. He said, That was the moment I realized, I have a family. I've got to do what I've got to do to keep them safe. And he's done just that. It was a moment that redefined him, or at least strengthened a part of him that he had been putting aside for later. Megan left Las Vegas and joined Valdo in New Jersey. Several months after the shooting, they got married in a gazebo. They did it in front of a body of water called Bueller's Pond, at a park near their home, in a procession led by their mayor. They didn't have a reception. They just went out for dinner. They didn't have a honeymoon because they thought it was more important to focus on their baby so he would be born healthy to keep him safe like he had kept them safe. A few months later, just eight months after the shooting, he was born. They both say now that when they hold him, they feel the weightlessness of new life. They've become immune to the dark moments they lived. They say they've feel hope the flashes of dark thoughts are still there Megan says she feels a sudden anxiety when she thinks about her son's first day of school I don't know I don't want to hold him back I want him to have fun but the world is just so different now Valdo knows that like everything they've gone through like all that they've seen and felt and heard all the dangerous moments they barely escaped it's just a matter of time the world is different yes but time is not who knows what their son will be like when the day arrives for him to walk into the classroom alone only time will tell his father says for now time is fragmented kind of cruel sometimes. Megan and Valdor still painfully aware of their environments everywhere they go. Things you didn't have to think about before, you have to think about now. It's just different. It's different and we're raising him in a different world. It's really scary, Megan said. When she gets the feeling 
that everything is just so much larger than her. It's the world, how the world has changed into something explosive and scary. Open spaces bring that feeling on, that lights in your eyes, panic. Something else happens. They haven't been to a concert since that day. They say even going to the mall is enough of an obstacle. But any time they're swarmed by that feeling, it goes away the minute they look at their son. Or they listen for his tiny sounds. He is the future. And they see the future that he will bring. Faldo's now dispatcher for the local police department, member of a nearby high school district school board. And in both positions, he is able to affect change in many ways, change that could save his son, could save anyone's son, from nightmares like his and Megan's. Because at the heart of it, nightmares of that kind are nightmares that we all feel. They're all of ours. 851 injuries, 59 deaths, We see the numbers, we see the frantic cell phone footage, and it's all too easy to succumb into that debilitating feeling like Megan and Valdo have. But just look for the tiniest things. Look for the tiniest sounds. Look for the stories like theirs. Listen for hope. Because it is there. Much more than we even realize. Hey, we want to thank our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Stu was uh, buying a... He was buying... Was that your first house or your second house? Mm, let's see. You bought a house in third house, I guess. Third house. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've st- moved around a lot. <laughs> yeah, moved around a lot. Yeah. We all have. We're in radio, and uh, so uh, so Stu had to buy a house, and he really didn't want to because you know you just you believe renting is the smarter thing to do. I hate home ownership. Yeah, and uh, so then he said, "Well, I'm going to buy a house, but I want I want the loan my way." Yeah, I want the loan like before they realized the financial collapse was coming. The ones they were giving away to like the really dumb people back in like 2007. I want that one. Why does that make you feel better? <laughs> I those, don't. those are the ones that collapsed. Yeah, no, those I, are bad. Again, there were, these arguments were made to yes, me uh, yes. over this time. Right. Uh, okay. I understand them. All right. So he calls, he is the toughest customer, would you say? Yeah. When it comes to mortgages. Yes. Yeah. The toughest customer. And he, he is the opposite of me. I'm like, they'll show me a bunch of, well, you're going to. You'll pay this much, and I'll say, uh, no, don't show me that. I don't want to know how much I'm <laughs> just, just, just show me just, the line where just, I have to sign my just name. Just let me sign this, okay? Uh, Stu is the exact opposite. So he called American Financing. They are salary-based mortgage consultants, which the difference is in what, Stu? Well, I mean, they don't care about selling me a loan. Yeah. They want to, I mean, they worked really hard to you know, analyze several different options. I called like 10 different places mm-hmm. uh, and go through all of it. And I... You know, I went to them and I was like, well, what do you think about this one? And uh, can you match it? Uh, you know, and they said, look, you know, 
we understand what you're looking for. It's not really what we do or any other sensible company does. Yeah, because, but we, you... <laughs> because we like to stay in business. Yeah, right. Yeah, we and, don't want to collapse the economy. Yeah, and they and they actually directed me to take a different loan because they yeah. thought it was a better fit for what I wanted, which is not not easy for a company to do. They don't usually do that. They'll figure out a way to convince you that yeah. what, what you they have is what you need. The reason why I tell you this story is because he didn't eventually go with American Financing yeah. because he was asking for something they thought was nuts. And they said, well, someone will give that to you go ahead <laughs> anyway americanfinancing.net americanfinancing.net they're just gonna they're gonna find out exactly what you want to do and then not try to talk you into something else it's americanfinancing.net this is the only mortgage company that that really does care about what your goals are call 800-906-2440 you want to you want to refinance or you need a new home mortgage these are the people to call 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net american financing corporation nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org well hello welcome to the program we're going out on tour in what is it three weeks four weeks I think it's uh, yeah. yeah three four weeks from from this week, uh, we're going to be out uh, on tour, and we would love to see you. Grab your uh, tickets. You can find them wherever tickets are sold, or you know at glenbeck.com slash tour. You can find the uh, the dates we're going to be out. But it's right around the uh, midterms, and uh, so you know it's. Uh, I think you might mention them. Going to be fun. Maybe you might be uh, talking about what's going on. on oh, I think I might have an opinion or two. <laughs> Could be a couple things to mock yeah. in the election process. So I think it's the week. It starts the week before the elections. Uh, and then we, I think we break on election night, which I'm really bummed about. I didn't even think of that. And we break on that. And then we come out a day or two after. And I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to say about what happens after mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want a place where, you know, you can vent. Uh, you can have a good time, uh, and you can also learn about where we're headed and the best way to make sure that we res- we, we uh, preserve the Western way of life and, you know, men, you know, so we're not all exterminated. Um, uh, you're you're going to have a great time. Addicted to Outrage, the tour, you can find it at glenbeck.com. Yep, starts in Texas October 25th and goes uh, till the end of the year. Yeah, we'll San Antonio, San Antonio, Houston, Houston, and Dallas, I think, are the first weekend, yep. right? San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Richmond, Hershey, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, uh, Cleveland, Kansas City, Evansville, Tulsa, Tampa, and Orlando. Grab your tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Stu. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they now believe... Now, this is Elijah Cummings. They now believe that uh, Kavanaugh needs to take a lie detector test. Oh, God. First of all, the first thing you need to do when someone mentions a lie detector test is to stop what you're doing <clears throat> and type in uh, YouTube and then Penn and Teller. Uh, I won't say the full word, but BS about lie detector tests and just watch that episode. You will be stunned at how terrible the idea of ever giving anyone a lie detector test is. And of course, you know, obviously it's Penn and Teller. It's an entertaining presentation mm-hmm. of, uh, of the information, but it, it checks out. I mean, there, there really isn't detec- science behind lie detector no, tests. Lie detector tests are not, you can beat them. Yeah. And it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it, it, it is not the end all be all. It's right. not. What it is useful for 
uh, in certain circumstances is the uh, idea of uh, intimidation, right? If you are to say, I'm going to give you a lie detector test and you're going to have to tell me the truth, it's possible that the person tells you the <clears> truth <throat> because they're scared of the lie detector test, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's where it's most useful. It's not to say that there's, you know, there's almost literally nothing behind them. I mean, it does not tell you when you lie. It's not like there's no such thing. There's no way to do that. Think about it. It's, I, it's incredible. And it's one of those things that I think most people take for granted. If you pass a lie detector test, you're telling the truth. That is not really the the way it works. You know, yesterday we had Larry Sharp on. He's running for governor of New yeah, York. Yeah. And you remember how he had these out-of-the-box ideas? Mm-hmm. You know, that like nobody's talking about that. Yeah. I got an idea. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. We administer sodium pentothal to uh, <laughs> Ford Kavanaugh. <laughs> And the entire committee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then we just let the cameras roll. <laughs> this has nothing to do with getting to the truth. I just want to see it. I just yeah, want to I see wanna... it. I want to see. Oh, that's not so bad. I was doing that in high school. I did that last week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, would you love to see these guys? Because nobody is talking about Feinstein, really. Nobody in the media. This is despicable. I mean, I don't want to just take one side because I'm not God, so I don't know what happened. I happen to believe Kavanaugh uh, uh, on Ford. And most of that is because Ford has changed her testimony several times. Uh, It just uh, there's nothing supported. But maybe she's telling the truth. I don't know. I'm not God. So if I have to put him in a room and choose one or the other, I'm going to choose him because... I don't think she has enough evidence for me to credibly say, yeah, he's a bad guy. And even if I kind of believed her, yeah. I still would. It, there's a burden of no. proof there that it's not on him. Yeah, he's not. A, it's not him to prove a negative. Correct. So I, I hope he didn't do it. Um, and I don't think she has proved I, that he did by any stretch. And I don't mean beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, just a preponderance of evidence. There, there is no an evidence. inclination. I mean, I, honestly, at this point, I do not believe he did it. I yeah, frankly I don't do not believe it. I don't either. Um, now, that's not to say, I'm, as you point out, we're not God, even though yeah. we're pretty cool. Um, so it's possible. Okay. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't believe that he did it. Right. So we've plowed this field yeah. over and over and over again. You know, how come nobody's plowing the field on how much they've destroyed her life? Senator Feinstein has destroyed her life. They lied to her several times. Lied to her? She requested anonymity. They released the letter anyway, causing a chain of events that would obviously reveal who she was. Um, They lied to... Obviously, they lied to her about the Democrats or the Republicans not willing to come out and take her testimony in California. Yeah. She was surprised by that. I mean, look, to be frank, I mean, she's told many lies in this process as well. Um, And, you know, I I don't... How do you know those are lies? What lies? Well, things like, you know, she never flies. That's why she can't make it to the hearing. And then, oh, well, yes, I do fly often. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure like if like- that was her lie or if that was a lie coming from her attorneys. I mean, it, it's I got know. her name on it. So, mm-hmm. yes. But I, I think there were those around her that were also willing to help her discover some of those fairy tales. <laughs> This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. We have a background check. Trump has just uh, okayed the expansion of the FBI background check on Kavanaugh. which Yay. Um, so we have that going for us. Uh, and 
really, I mean, let's be honest. It's important that someone who is going to be wielding a lot of power, especially mm. where the law is concerned. Oh, yes. We we look at every single accusation because the worst thing that could happen is, you know, he gets in and he's a judge and he is, you know, looking at some case before him and he himself was a serial rapist. Oh, thank you for you bringing know? this up. It's yeah. very important. It's so important. It's very important. If you're abusive to women, you should certainly not hold a role uh, that relates closely to law enforcement. It doesn't make any sense. Right. 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 Like judge or, or, uh, um, or um, uh, attorney general. Attorney general is a attorney great general one. Attorney general would be a good idea. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And I'm glad you brought that up mm-hmm. um, because there's a certain candidate uh, who's running for Minnesota attorney general. Really? Uh, who's been uh, credibly accused uh, by a woman uh, he mm. was dating. Now, there's an interesting, there's a little bit of a separation, and we should be fair on this. Mm-hmm. There's a separation between the Kavanaugh case and the Ellison case. Uh, the Kavanaugh case happened uh, 36 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ellison case was pretty much ongoing until very recently. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's a mm-hmm. difference. But That's one difference. But mm-hmm. uh, Professor Ford, she had a spotty memory. Yeah, she had a very spotty memory. Now, the, yeah. uh, the accuser, um, who we know... Now, remember, with Ford, we have no even sense that there was a relationship of any sort between yeah. Ford and Kavanaugh. Right. We do know that a long-term girlfriend of Keith Ellison has accused him of sexual abuse uh, and okay. physical violence. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, that All right, we so know. we got both of those. So there's um, a little difference Does she there. remember where they happened? Uh, you know, she does remember when they happened. Okay. And the, she does... Well, does she... She probably doesn't have notes from her doctor, mm. you know, from the... When she was talking to her doctor, when the doctor gets it wrong, of course, like yeah, it did well, in they, Ford's case. They both have uh, notes from their doctor. Oh, they do, yeah, but actually, they're wrong. in both cases. Yeah. Um, the, the Ford case yeah. was something that was uh, 30 years after the incident mm-hmm. in which she referred to an attack by four people, which is different than the story that she's telling now and never named Kavanaugh. The notes from uh, the uh, Ellison, Keith Ellison's um, mm-hmm. uh, former girlfriend's uh, doctor, do name Keith Ellison as the reason why she's getting medical attention for physical injuries. Huh. Um, and that's kind of a difference, too. You might, you might notice a slight distinction between those two things yeah one has um, notes uh that don't don't actually name the accuser mm-hmm. and it was you know many 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 years before and this is i'm going to the doctor to get medical treatment because this guy Keith is Ellison abusing me beating me yeah and yeah. so you know and, and one in one case you have a woman who has photos of the incident mm-hmm. um, and it has photos of bruising mm-hmm. on her the other one of course does not um, being Ford, she doesn't have that. Now there are there's a witness situation we need to deal with, though. Of course, um, uh, Ford has named several people who were at the parties. None of them can remember it happening. The mm-hmm. people Ford named cannot say that they were actually at the party. Some of them have said I was not there. Some of them said I don't remember any party like that. So there's a wide a wide <laughs> berth there between right. those two opinions. Yeah. But she has named witnesses. Just none of them have corroborated her story in any way. Uh, Keith Ellison's uh, girlfriend has also uh, named sources. Those people say the exact same thing and say they've seen evidence of the actual uh, uh, crime going down, um, including things like texts, uh, writings, um, uh, pictures, and, and the, video. Those are, those are things mm-hmm. that she showed to coworkers mm-hmm. in real time. In real time. And has yeah. several people she told about it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Again, we have no one that Ford told about it at the moment. In fact, in any moment, up mm-hmm. until at least 2012, 
where it does not appear she actually yeah, said but, to Kavanaugh or said the name Kavanaugh even at that time. Yeah, but 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 mm-hmm. listen, I mean you, I mean you don't have videotape. Well, there the was Keith. videotape. Now we haven't seen it yet, though. Uh-huh. Now there is allegedly videotape that exists somewhere uh, of one of these physical altercations. Allegedly, we have, we have not seen it yet. Um, of course, there's no video of the Kavanaugh thing because you know that wouldn't be a thing that. Yeah, would but we have to take her word that there is video with the with the Ellison. With thing. the Ellison. That's thing. right, and we don't have that evidence yet. Yeah, we, um, have, we have a, a ton of evidence. In fact. <laughs> I don't know, hundreds of times more. There's really no evidence in the Ford case. So we have it's, it's almost like we have a per- amount more. It's almost like we have a preponderance of evidence in, in the Ellison case. Yeah. However, um, what's interesting about this is that 56 percent of Democrats believe Christine Blasey Ford's allegations. Fifty six percent. Only eight percent say they don't, they believe Kavanaugh. Fifty six to eight is the split there. So you'd assume that if you asked people, and it wasn't a partisan situation, what do you think about the Ellison situation? Do, what do you believe from her? Because she's got a more recent allegation. She's actually brought it to the attention in real time to multiple people. People around her have seen evidence of this. There's text messages. There's uh, There are medical notes. All the evidence that we just talked about, there's an infinity amount, times more evidence in the Ellison case. Yet only 5% of Democrats believe Ellison's accuser. We are told over and over again that women are to be believed, yet only 5% of Democrats believe the allegations uh, against Keith Ellison. And here's why this is really important. Um, just like I don't want an abuser on the Supreme Court. If, if there was the amount of evidence on Kavanaugh that there is on uh, Keith Ellison, I would not be for Kavanaugh, would you? If there was a mount on Kavanaugh, no, I would not. Yeah, I would if, not. If, the, if the evidence was the same... Or, yeah. Well, what? We still have a standard here in this country um, called innocent until proven guilty. And preponderance of evidence is a, slower, is a lower level than that. And I understand that. Um, my issue here would be you can once there isn't a legal standard because people will say well this is just a job interview or this is just a this isn't a legal proceeding once you have the absence of a legal standard you have to choose the standard you apply i choose to apply a very high standard because people who are in relationships many many times when the relationships break up or someone feels jilted say things that are not true I it agree happens with you. all the time I agree with so you. i but would wait, say wait, wait, wait. Yeah. in this case um Keith Ellison should have the right to defend himself, and he should. We should assume his innocence, unless we I get agree. to a point in which uh, he is. And if, especially with a case like this, where it's very recent, that should just go through the legal system. And when he comes out and he's guilty, then he should get thrown out of that job. Mm-hmm. And you can factor that in in your vote if you wish. But I don't think he should lose any job because of this. At this point, he needs to. You need to be able to see whether this case goes through and. And claims are proven. Someone has said they have video. We need to see the video. We need to see everyone uh, in, in investigated. We need to see an actual police uh, investigation go through and, and, and see whether the evidence leads us to a belief that he actually committed these acts. If we do not get that, you do not ruin people's lives over it. I mean, think about the t- amount of times of evidence that there is uh, with Keith Ellison over Roy Moore. Which everyone, I mean, even a lot of people on the right were like, look, Roy Moore really looks like he did these things. His answers are really bad. 
Uh, you know, no, there's much more evidence for Keith Ellerson. Much more. Keith Ellerson. Much more. There's people you can interview right now. Yeah. Children who went through traumatic moments where they had to read about their mom being abused. Yeah. Uh, you know, her telling other friends at the time. That being said, however, you get in, you, you enter this process with a presumption of innocence. I agree. So, but what I know about Keith Ellison's, the evidence against him, mm-hmm. okay, assuming this was not current day and it was 35 years ago, if Ford would come with that evidence, I have letters. I have a photo of the bruises on my arm. I have, um, uh, I can tell you where it happened. I told my friends, and here they are. They verify that I told them after the party. Mm-hmm. Would you not? Would you not go, okay, I think that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, think I think good. that would be enough, and it would be uh-huh. the only way we could judge the situation. Correct. Right. Correct. Here it is with Ellison. And again, this is why it's important. Just like I don't want to have a Supreme Court justice that is an abuser or a liar or whatever. I also think it's extraordinarily dangerous to have a guy who may have beaten his girlfriend, may have mentally abused his girlfriend, assuming the evidence is real and checks out. You can't have him as the as the 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 chief law enforcement of the state right and does anybody care no this shows you that nobody in the media cares an iota for this woman and her story they don't care if she was abused they don't care about any of it what they care about is stopping brett kavanaugh if they cared they would be just as passionate as a guy let's not just throw him out as the minnesota attorney general this is a guy who's second in charge of the d what the the dnc yeah dnc this is not a a, 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 nobody. a a peripheral figure in politics. He's one of the most powerful Democrats in America and is now going to be a chief law enforcement officer for a state. And you could say, oh, well, it's all you're, what you're doing is whataboutism. No. No, it's not. It's not whataboutism. I apply the same standard to Ellison that I apply to Kavanaugh. You weren't doing this to Kavanaugh. I would still be saying this about... Um, um, uh, uh, look, about Ellison. Yeah, I mean, look, go back to why is Barack, why was Barack Obama president? Right. Barack Obama was president because he won a presidential election in 2008. Previously, he made a heck of a speech in what, 2004. Mm-hmm. Right. And that 2004 uh, election, he won a Senate seat, a Senate seat that would have been incredibly close if he was going against not Alan Keyes, who they flew in the last week to, to start a campaign. But it was uh, Jack, I want to say Jack Ryan, but I might be thinking of John Krasinski at this point. Um, <laughs> I've seen too many Amazon commercials. But uh, Ryan was his last name. And he was a, a legitimate challenger to Barack Obama in that Senate race. It was a close election, and he may have won it as a Republican in Illinois. Wow. And what they did is they went through his divorce, his sealed divorce uh, um, hearings and, his, and paperwork, uh, outed it to the public. And in there, there were accusations by his wife, the actress, who had said they went to swingers clubs and all this sort of shady stuff. Do we know if that was true? I don't know. You know in a divorce I, proceeding? In a divorce proceeding, people make all sorts of yep. claims. Yep. And that's why you don't just believe them. That's because, why they're sealed. Because they went and got them unsealed in a democratic state. And they, 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 Ryan eventually dropped out. There was no real opposition for a Barack Obama. And you got eight years of him. That sort of thing should be always 
viewed skeptically. Every claim of a crime should be viewed skeptically by people on that side. You're supposed to give the presumption of innocence, and it's supposed to start with skepticism of a claim. On any side. On any side. On any side. Of all people who are accused. Yeah. And here we are in a situation where Democrats overwhelmingly believe the accusations against Kavanaugh with almost no evidence. And they only 5% of them believe the woman who is a Democrat who does not want someone uh, uh, ideologically opposed to Brett, uh, to uh, Keith Ellison to have that job. She's a Democrat. And only 5% of people believe her. The, the platitudes you hear from the media and the left mean nothing on this story. They do not care about whether Ford was abused or not. They don't. And this shows you how fast that standard is applied and how and how your life could be destroyed. You are on the wrong side of an issue. And by the way, I think you've seen the issues change and uh, positions. What's politically correct changes. And if you don't abide 100 percent and you're not on the right side, they'll destroy your life. Well, they'll let somebody else be fine. This is why we must have a standard. We must have a standard. It's getting dangerous to be an American. That's a frightening thing to say. All right. I've been telling you about Goldline's new silver maple flex bar that uh, the maple flex bar. Here, Stu, can you open this up and and uh, and Mm. break some pieces off? What it is, is it's a it's a it's a bar of silver. Um, and it's it's made by the Canadian Mint. And what you do is you take it and you break it apart. And it's in one tenth of an ounce, one quarter of an ounce. I couldn't get that one open either. It usually uses to open. I think it's a trick one. I think they glued that one. This is shut. like the the, uh, the fake birthday candle. Yeah, there you, go. I got it. there you go. Okay, so what you do is you take it and mm-hmm. you can. It's like a credit card size, and yeah. you you break it up. It feels weird breaking this like beautiful silver I know, thing. I know. You break it apart, and you can break it into smaller pieces. Now, this is for silver. Don't forget the importance of small gold bars as well. They have the the Maple Flex bar in silver. They also have, from the Canadian Mint, gold bars, little teeny gold bars, gold and silver, credit card size holder containing five individually sealed one-tenth ounce gold bars, Print, uh, minted by the Canadian Mint, and now these legal tender silver bars also, the Maple Flex. The only place that sells these is Goldline. Learn more about these gold and silver bars by calling 866-GOLDLINE. Go to goldline.com. You don't think that gold or silver or barter, you know, that's crazy. Really? Has the world gotten more sane in the last eight months? No. No. What happens when the Democrats win? If they win the House, God forbid they win the Senate. Do you think we're going to see anything in the next two years except impeachments and obstruction? 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Well, it's another day. It's another time to look at our world and look at our time and uh, decide what is the best way to spend it today. What is the thing that I can make a difference in? 
Last night we watched a uh, we watched a movie. I've seen it before, and I wanted my watch my wife to watch it because it's it's becoming one of my favorite movies quickly. And it's called About Time. And I think Rachel is her name. Rachel McAdams. She's mm-hmm. in it. Um, it's a it's a love story, but it's also a great father and son uh, story. I just love it, and I don't want to I don't want to uh, blow it for you, but uh, it puts time in perspective. It really has a great lesson about time and how we spend it. Uh, if you're looking for a you're looking for a fun movie to watch, uh, it's called About Time. Glenn Beck, Mercury.